in this episode, we will be talking about podcasting basics and being able to create engaging conversations with people that we talk to. With 10 years of experience, we are with someone very, very special today. She has worked for television and production like Politico and Bloomberg. And of course, she was a former television producer and reporter for NBC News. In her years in the industry, she has talked to prominent people, public figures, and ordinary citizens like me. So how lucky am I to be speaking with her as she shares her knowledge and insights on starting a podcast and being able to create engaging and memorable conversations with people we interview. Currently, she is the community manager for Riverside FM, one of the leading podcast recording platforms that just does everything for you. It's the easiest way to record podcasts and videos in studio quality from anywhere. Ladies and gentlemen, Kendall Brightman. Hello. Thank you so much for having me on. I feel... I feel, you know, I'm excited from the intro. I'm like, okay, we gotta, we gotta step up to the to this intro. <laughs> I'm so nervous, but at the same time, I'm very, very excited. I really hope I do this thing justice. But you know, I do understand that Riverside's mission is to empower creators and businesses to tell their stories and amplify their voices. And to be honest, there's no better example that I can show you like right now. Kendall does not know me. We just knew each other like just this minute. But it's that kind of advocacy, the kind of commitment that they have to people who, I mean, I don't have any background, I don't have any merits or like, you know, I'm not famous, but she's doing this to be able to get the word out there. And I'm so grateful. We should all be grateful to all the listeners out there because she is with us. Now, to start with, in the Philippines, the podcasting industry is actually really booming. It's amazing. And for those listening or those who really want to start podcasting, what for you would be the best question they could ask themselves to know whether or not they're ready to produce podcast content to the world? Yeah, um, I would say that it all comes down to having an idea. So if you are um, sitting and thinking about wanting to start a podcast, I would try to see um, there are a lot of like topics and things that if they're interesting to you, they're going to be interesting to other people. I would say that a fun exercise would be kind of trying to merge two different ideas. So let's talk about business, but let's talk about it from this kind of new niche angle, you know? And you don't actually need to find something that no one else is talking about because the beauty of podcasts is that people like to choose their hosts. Like you can have three different podcasts that cover the same thing, but the host really changes how it's covered, how it's discussed. So I would say starting with an idea um, and then to make sure that you have that idea down, I always recommend taking a piece of paper and writing 10 episode ideas based on that based on your main topic idea. And if you can think of 10 to 15 episode ideas, then you will like you have enough content to create a podcast. Because the reason I tell people to do this is cuz a lot of the time people will say like They'll have fun conversations with their friends and they'll be like, we should totally start a podcast. But it's about trying to make sure that the topic that you would have can live on and can create multiple episodes for you and that they'd be engaging and fun to listen to. So I think that first it's about finding your niche. Like, what are you interested in? What are you, what can you talk passionately about very often? And then from there, just try to think of, what would that mean to you? What are your 10 episode ideas? So I would say that's the first 
that'd be the first recommendation that I would have. You know, there are a lot of podcasts out there. You said you had to like have a specific niche. How relevant is it to be able to just stick to one niche or is it uh, maybe advisable to venture into some other topics or as a starter, do we, is it best to stick to one? So you can like, the thing is that people want to know what they're coming for and have that promise delivered on when they go to your podcast. So if you are reviewing episodes of, I don't know, of The Bachelor, (laughs) if you're reviewing episodes and then one day you're like, oh, we're changing up our niche, we're going to be doing something else. Yeah. Then that's going to, it just will confuse your audience. I mean, there are plenty of podcasters who kind of do a rebrand once they, they'll start with their podcast, they'll realize that there are some parts of it of their niche that they want to dive into. There are other parts that aren't as successful or that they don't want to talk about as much. So you're able to do a pivot for sure. But just making sure that you consistently deliver on the promise that you're making to your listeners. So we're going to talk about X, Y, and Z. You should be talking about X, Y, and Z. Um, But I mean, it's all, it's evolving. So your listeners can also if they're responding to something, if they're more excited about some episodes than others, showing that you're listening to them and evolving from that is not a bad thing either. Like in that case, it's good to be kind of evolving how you cover your niche and your topic. Um, And, you know, as with podcasting, if you want to do a season that's about one specific topic, and then for the next season you decide, maybe I want to switch it up. You can always also like even create a new show or something like that and just keep evolving and making yourself stronger as a podcaster. I'd just like to ask, the podcast world has evolved. Right now, it's not just audio. So a lot of people are already putting video with it. Uh, A lot of the content are being shared, not just on like the audio platforms, but also on YouTube. If you're a starter, is it best to just stick to audio or would it be beneficial to even monetize it if you use video as well? So I would say to, I mean, audio can be less intimidating. I would say to try, this is a reason that I love Riverside also is because you can record audio only and you have that video element. So I think that video is really important and powerful as far as discovery. You're able to create reels and things like that, uh, TikToks, and get more people to listen because people are more engaged with video than an audiogram. Um, So I would say to focus on making sure that your audio is great, that you have the right tools, that people are able to just like, like listen to it on their headphones. Because let's be honest, like I'm not watching a full video podcast. The way that I'm utilizing video is by finding people's podcasts through the clips that they post online. So if you want to be promoting and growing your audience, then, then video is really important for that. So I would record on a platform that records video and audio. I also think that it's just nice to be able to see the person that you're speaking with anyway. And if you decide not to go with the video, then that's fine. But you're able to have that to be able to use for social media and you're able to utilize seeing somebody's face when you're talking to them. So um, if you're intimidated by video, I would just start off recording with a plat- like on a platform like Riverside where you have that video option. You can decide to do away with it if you want, but if you do want it, then you're able to utilize it still. And in terms of, you know, you talked about being able to see the person you're talking to, I feel it's more conversational and I, I see the emotion of the person so I know exactly where the conversation is going. So a lot of podcasts these days uh, involve interviewing other guests. In terms of 
being able to create engaging conversations, setting up the mood, uh, making the guest feel comfortable. What do you think are the preparations that need to be done to be able to to be able to set the mood for that? Yeah. So I actually like there are a lot of tips and tricks that kind of go into this, but I always like to compare it to like inviting somebody over for a party. Um, and that way, like, let me explain how, because if you are like, let's say that you have, it starts with the first email, it starts with the invitation. So you want to set up everything that they need right in the front. Here's the link to my studio. Here's what we're going to be talking about. Like having that, making somebody feel cared for and comfortable is going to make them give better answers, have a more comfortable interview when they get there. And I compare this to a party because it's like if you have an invitation and you don't really know where the door is, by the time that you get to it, you're kind of frustrated. You've been outside looking for it for 10 minutes and you're like, it, it doesn't, it changes the mood by the time you get in. So kind of setting somebody up, sending that email the day of their interview or the day before their interview so that it's at the top of their inbox, just making them feel really cared for. Because people can be really intimidated to get on a podcast. So if as long as they feel the most comfortable that they can, then that's the best, um, the best way to approach it. Then when they enter the studio, when you start the conversation, I think a really great method is just to like, Instead of having a pre-interview, here are the questions by saying like, here are the questions I'm going to ask you. Um, the mood is X, Y, and Z. Like this is how the vibe is. Instead, I would just show them. So, ten minutes before you start uh, recording or that you the a pod the podcast officially begins, just having a conversation with them, introducing yourself if you didn't know if they didn't if they don't know you, and just showing instead of like instructing them, just showing what your vibe is. Like, hey, we're going to have a great conversation about this. I'm really excited to hear what you have to say about that. And it makes guests feel more comfortable. And then, so those are two recommendations. I would say the third is to flow with the conversation and listen. Because I think that a lot of the time when we are interviewing people, we're thinking of what the next question is going to be. But when you are listening to the person that's speaking and you're saying, I really love that one thing that you just said, can we keep talking about that? The person feels complimented because they're like, oh, what I'm doing is right. Like they love my answers and it encourages them to keep really digging into themselves and give you better responses. So you should go into an interview with like a few questions, but don't be discouraged if you leave only answering half of those questions because it should be a conversation less than a Q&A. Like you should be flowing and bouncing off of what each other is saying. So I think that those would be my top three recommendations for, for creating that kind of atmosphere for your guests. Awesome. You know, I've, I've interviewed a lot of people, but I am really guilty of, if not forgetting about what I actually ask them sometimes. Uh, I get lost in thought. I don't know. It happens sometimes, but... It happens to everyone. Yeah. Yeah. And it's good to to know that these there are pointers that we can actually look into and we can just put them on our notes at the side so that, you know, when that happens or when our brain fogs, then we have something to look into. I was just going to say that um, I think that if you write down words, like the things that you should look out for are words and moments. So mo words, moments, and feelings, those are the three. So if somebody uses a specific word, just write that down. Or if somebody mentions this pivotal moment, write down that moment and say, I want to dig more into that. 
or feelings to saying, how did you feel when that was all happening? Like those, the, like those three topics are three really good pivot points for asking follow-up questions. So just keep that in mind. If your, if your mind starts to wander a bit, like you can just pick up on one of those things and ask a really easy follow-up. Awesome. I'm just really, really curious. I'm, I'm a frustrated broadcast journalist. So one of the things that actually really got me excited to talk to you was uh, because of the things that you've done in your previous jobs or like working for television and producing, you have talked to so many different people. And of course, these people come from different backgrounds, different cultures, or like in our setting, I'm from a completely different country, different, uh, different background. Is there some kind of preparation, maybe even like getting to know someone's cultural background or so that you don't end up saying things that may be offensive to them or like, you know, how do you prepare yourself to talk to someone who may have like differing views that you have or a completely different cultural background? Do you have like a specific take for that? Yeah. I mean, when I was a broadcast journalist in politics, um, it was less about different cultures and backgrounds in a way because it was all U.S. politics. But, you know, the United States is so gigantic that, like, you can go from the Northeast to the Southwest and it feels like two completely different cultures. So um, I think that it's a lot more about listening and setting up your interview guest. So making sure to ask questions that let them kind of lead the conversation. And then through how they're leading the conversation, you're able to follow. So if they're talking a bit more about one topic than the other, if they're using specific wording, like you can kind of pick up on that and let them lead you there. Um, But I do know that there are different, like, even working with different cultures, that there are different ways that people like to um, work and operate. And so you're, I would say, just like kind of picking up on their energy and um, seeing what they're responding to and then adjusting your interview for that. You mentioned about, you know, it wasn't just about asking questions all the time or, you know, making sure that there's like a back and forth uh, with the conversation. The question is, how do we actually craft good questions? So, okay, there are a few ways that you can craft good questions. Um, One of them I would say is before every interview that I ever did for journalism, I, when I was a journalist, I would watch and listen to interviews that they've done in the past, that my guest has done in the past. And then I would ask, like, I would try not to ask those questions. And if you do, like, if they've been asked the same thing a million times, they're going to give you a rehearsed answer. So instead saying, I've heard your thoughts on this topic a few times in your interviews, but I've never heard you talk about this. What are your feelings about that? Like being able to show that you did your research and not ask the same question over and over. And another one is just kind of like to push the question. So number two would be sometimes we hear the same questions over and over again. For example, um, saying for podcasting, like, um, what's one thing all podcasters should do? Like, that's a fine question, but it's not, it's not going to get you as much of a unique interview. So what I always recommend is like before your interview, write down 10 questions on the left side of your paper that are kind of the, what I call like the low hanging fruit questions, like the easy questions. What's the best thing podcasters should do? What's, you know, And then you draw a line through the middle of your document. And on the other side, try to make that question a bit more interesting. 
And a way that um, that I found success in that is actually by changing it to a negative tone. Um, so instead of saying, what's one thing all podcasters should do? It can be, what's one thing that podcasters, most podcasters you're seeing are getting wrong? And it creates these this much more interesting question, a much more interesting clip to put on social media. And it's a bit more controversial. So you're able to get a bit more engagement. And so that would be another suggestion that I would make for making interesting questions. And then beyond that, showing that you've done your research. So I heard, instead of saying, where, where did you grow up? Saying, I know you grew up in France. How did that shape how you, like, how you go through the world today? Like, do you think that that really affected how you grew up or, you know, what traditions uh, how did your family have? Like kind of showing that you know who that person is and digging a little bit deeper into that. Um, so those would be three of my recommendations, but really just trying to find questions that you think would either make your interviewer laugh or like think very deeply, but um yeah, just showing that you did your research and pressing those questions a bit further than the obvious ones that you might think about at the top of your head. Uh, in cases like interviews, if if you have a specific topic at hand, and sometimes because we got into the conversation so much, sometimes, for example, the apple topic becomes banana. You know, we we kind of stray towards a completely different subject, which is quite common and I've done it so many times in the past. Is there like a smoother way of being able to maybe bounce back to the conversation at hand? Yeah, so like I would be authentic with it. I mean, like a suggestion that I usually give to podcasters is and to guests. This is actually something I took from broadcast TV is that you should write down three points that you want to make during your podcast or your interview. And so then you can take those points and if you start to kind of go down a different path, you can look at those points and say, okay, I want to bring it back to this. And because you're on a podcast, it's much easier also to just, like, it's fun when you trail off with your guests. So let those moments happen. It shows their personality. It shows more about who they are. So if like in, in those moments, you can just like laugh it off and just say like, okay, we've gone way off topic. I've loved this conversation, but I want to bring it back to this. And so it's able to also show like people want to listen to podcasts because it feels like they're like someone's having a conversation around them. They're listening and they're actively listening like, or passively listening. I mean, in the way that they're doing an action, they're walking to work or they're cleaning their apartment, like and their headphones are in, and they're just listening to people have a conversation. So don't be afraid if your conversation goes off a little bit to the side, but just know that you want to continue to keep the promise that you have to listeners. So you can say, this was a fun aside. I want to get back to this, but let's talk offline a little bit more about, about this topic because this is so fun. You know, like showing that you're really having a normal conversation with your guest and listeners will be much more forgiving about these tangents. Because again, if you're talking about something other people are interested in, and then you go off on a side note about something funny, like it's they're likely to also be interested in that. And if they're not, then they just wait for that aside to be over and they can you can bring your guests back. 
speaking of, you know, being able to converse and having common interests, not just with your guests, but, you know, to people around you. I saw, uh, I've been following Riverside on Instagram for some time now, and I saw that you have these community meetups uh, in different places. I wish that could actually happen in the Philippines, but, um, you know, these meetups, uh, these communities that you build with podcasters who have used the Riverside platform, what's the take on this? What what was the, the goal for these meetups uh, for Riverside? Yeah, so first of all, if we want to do it in the Philippines, let's do it. We're trying to create as many as possible all around the world. And we actually do have a lot of, um, a lot of, I have a lot of colleagues in the Philippines. So that could actually happen. Um, as far as the like, kind of reasoning behind it, when I joined as a community manager, community manager was a new role for me also because I didn't really know what that means per se. So my first goal when I was doing, when I jumped into this role was that I wanted to get to know the community as much as possible. Like who are podcasters? What's important to them? What are their goals? And I came in thinking that this would be about networking, that it'd be about people wanting to meet other people in the industry. But when I spoke with podcasters, I found that it goes like one level deeper than that, that they want to network with people because they want to get guests and they want to learn how to become better at what they're doing through others. So from there, it became trying to figure out as many ways as possible to deliver on that goal. So deliver on the goal of teaching, like bettering people's crafts, setting up as many learning opportunities as possible for them. And also by nature, by this being a remote recording uh, uh, platform, a lot of people are doing this alone. You know, like they're doing these interviews, they're at home by themselves, they have a guest that's on the other side of the world or just not that close by. And so it can get lonely. And so it's about, and then at that point you're watching YouTube videos or blog posts about how to become a better podcaster. What better way to do it than to make connections with people near you? So um, the meetups are just kind of one pillar of that goal. So for meetups, it's just about being able to get people in a room. And the conversations that people have are, are really interesting to me. It's just, how did you go about finding music for your podcast? Um, have any of you ever done a rebrand? How did that work for you? And it's people that are able to exchange ideas. And then after that, we create a, um, we create a WhatsApp group so that people can continue the conversation if they want. Did anyone hear about this new podcast studio that opened in our city? Like those kinds of conversations and continue that. And then people feel connected to each other and like they have a mentor within podcasting. And then for Riverside, I mean, it just sets up more opportunities for people to connect with each other kind of by way of our platform. I seriously hope it happens in this country as well. I'd really love to join. But, you know, to be honest, uh, I promise just 30 minutes of your time. I know you're so busy. I learned so, so much. I'm so thankful that before actually putting out all the episodes I already have prepared for the podcast, I got to talk to you. So the next few interviews, I should be able to put to practice everything that I actually learned from you. But uh, we circle back to, you know, everyone who's wanting to get into podcasting, who are newbies or, you know, just want to know the first step to it. Does it require passion or what do what would be your best advice to everyone just starting? Yeah, I would definitely say that passion is a key ingredient for it and drive and dedication. 
So I think that there are, I mean, and I don't think that, like I know that a lot of podcasts, they'll put out 10 episodes and then they'll be done. Like, because people don't realize that behind it, behind the interviews, it's scheduling those interviews, it's editing the interviews after and posting them and creating the content for it. So it's a lot that actually is beyond just what you hear. And so it becomes kind of this thing where everyone thinks that they can do it, they try it, and they realize how much time and dedication it takes. So I would say just knowing the amount of time and dedication that it takes to start a podcast and make it successful, but then also knowing yourself. So if you don't have that kind of time, instead you can maybe, like we were saying before, skip the video element for the beginning. And instead of promoting it, just get a few episodes out that you feel excited about and then add more to that load. You don't need to, the first day, the first episode you publish, you don't need to come out of it with social media content and a blog post and like that's going to burn you out and be intimidating. Take on as much as you can, but like if that's, if all of the other stuff is going to intimidate you, just focus on the conversation and just press record, have that conversation and do what you want with that, with that interview and with that podcast episode. But just know that it takes determination and passion and drive, but also know that it's your thing so you can make it take as much time as you want, as, le- as little time as you want. Just mold it to your own schedule and your own ability. Awesome. Thank you so much. You know, because passion is such a big word for me because when you start a podcast or coming from me, you don't get to monetize it right away. So it takes a lot of effort. In my case, I started it not thinking about getting money out of it. I just really wanted a platform to talk about the things that have kept me insane for the past few weeks. And I think that's, that's basically the beauty of podcasting because it's not just like, you know, when we watch TV, uh, sometimes we kind of absentmindedly just watch it for the sake of, you know, for leisure and just having some downtime. With podcasts, though, or when you're listening to it, you're, you're gaining something from it. And sometimes you have to listen intently for you to be able to understand uh, what the episode is about. And I really feel that's the beauty of podcasts. And that's why I finally, finally ventured into podcasting. Hopefully I get this consistent. One last thing, consistency, right? You mentioned some people um, just release 10 episodes, and then they're done. Consistency is key, as they say. But uh, one last question. Do you think there are other factors that may help us with, you know, consistency other than being passionate about what we're talking about? Yeah, um, I would say that, well, first, I'm just going to say that as far as monetizing, when you were just talking about that, great way to monetize is like, is by taking a product that you're able to provide for people. So, or creating a podcast based on that product. So if you have a course that came out about how to speak in public, maybe you create a podcast about how to speak in public and then you consistently say, I actually have a full course on this. You can download it here and just be able to get people to trust you before they go and pay for that course. So I think that podcasting can also be just worked into a way of a marketing strategy for something that you're already monetizing on. So that's one tip. But as far as consistency, biggest tip that I would have is to batch your episodes. For example, I would do one like I would do 10 interviews before you're like you're recommended to do about like 10, 15 interviews before you launch because then you're able to 
focus on all of the things that come with launch, like people responding to you on social media or wanting to book more guests and just kind of knowing that you already have all that content. So one part is that, but beyond that, batching can also be, I created 10 interviews. So today I'm going to sit down and I'm going to write 10 episode descriptions, 10 show notes. Like it when your brain is able to click into a certain task. So if you're jumping from interview to writing descriptions to editing to creating social media content, you're going to feel all over the place. So try to instead do your interviews and then dedicate a day to the content of it, a day to creating the social media clips. And it's going to make you flow into the task more and then you'll be able to consistently post when you have all of that stuff already ready. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you so, so much, Kendall. You know, true to Riverside's mission, they actually empower creators and businesses to tell their stories and amplify their voices. This right here with Kendall Brightman is a perfect example. I'm super duper grateful and honored to be to have talked to you. Before we end, uh, how do people get in touch with you online? Yeah. Um, I mean, my name is in the episode, so Kendall Brightman. And um, you can either reach out to me on Instagram or LinkedIn or if you want to shoot me an email, it's uh, Kendall, K-E-N-D-A-L-L, at Riverside.fm. And if anyone's out there podcasting, starting their podcast, I'd love to speak with you and get to know you and hear more about what you're working on. So feel free to reach out. That's how this interview happens. So I always love to, to hear from people that are creating. So let's talk. Thank you. Thank you once again for joining the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, this was your episode for Podcasting Basics and, of course, engaging conversations with people that you interview. For the next episode, we have a lot in store. This has been Thaza, and this is The Anxious Visionary. Thanks, Kendall. Thank you.